Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. With unforgiveness, our prayers will not be heard. If I have sin in my heart, God doesn't hear me. Why is that? Well, because he wants us to take care of the sin, and that frees us. Then he'll answer our prayers. Second, with unforgiveness, you'll never, ever be at peace with God. That's why he gives us the Holy Spirit. You say, well, Pastor Mark, my conscience never bothers me like that. Then there's a problem with your conscience. It needs to go back to the Word of God and be cleansed. See, sometimes our conscience gets hard, and we don't care what happens. That's grieving the Holy Spirit. We need to go back. Everybody wants God to answer their prayers, but many people's prayers go unanswered. Maybe that person has never given their life to God in the first place, so there's no actual relationship there. Maybe they've already received an answer, but it's not the answer they wanted. Pastor Mark will be teaching about another reason it might seem that God isn't listening to your prayers. He'll be teaching about unforgiveness and the damage it does in your life. He'll be talking about your need to forgive and using Joseph as an example, show you how God can bless you when you do life his way. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Genesis chapter 41 as he continues his message, Forgive, Forget, Freedom, Fruitful. Whatever grievances you may have against one another, forgive as the Lord forgave you. That's not a suggestion. That's a commandment. I am to forgive as God forgave me. I don't have time, but you can go to the Lord's Prayer. Remember, he says, forgive those. Forgive those who have sinned against you. And if you don't, God won't forgive you. He's not talking about your salvation. He's talking about your relationship with him. How in the world can God command that? How can he command that I'll forgive people in every grievance, every hurt? Doesn't matter what it is. How can I do that? Because we are able to forgive because the role model in my life is God. He forgave me. I didn't deserve it. It was unmerited. It was free. So when I come to being hurt in a marriage, in a relationship with families, all church, wherever it is, the hurt is happening. When I come to that, I have to go back to thinking about myself. How have I been forgiven by God? That's the role model. That's exactly what Paul just said there. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, what does that mean? Well, I can't think about it. Here's the next thing I want you to write down. This is hard for us. Look at this statement. Forgiveness is a deliberate act of my will. It won't happen. 
You won't die. Okay, I feel like forgiving now. No, 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 no. The command is there. I have to have a deliberate act of my will and simply say, I forgive you. That doesn't mean I approve of it. Doesn't mean I was at the fault with it. I forgive you because God forgave me. Now, I am able again to forgive because God gives us the power to give. Now, why would God command that? Well, you know it. If I fail to forgive, there's huge dangers. And the Bible speaks about that. The danger of unforgiveness. If I refuse to forgive, then unforgiveness carries a high penalty. Now, what does that look like? We think that the person who hurt us is in prison. But you know what? The truth is, we're actually hurting ourselves because unforgiveness puts me in prison. And I've talked to people many times over the last years, and they say, that person hurt me so bad, I don't want to forgive them because I know they're thinking about me and going, man, why did I do that? I want to tell you, many times those people are not thinking about you. They're not even knowing you were hurt. You're the one that's in prison. So we're actually hurting ourselves. Unforgiveness puts us in prison. There's no freedom at all. And here's an interesting statement for you to write. Because you've experienced it. I've experienced it myself. Look at this. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was me. Now remember, forgive, forget, freedom. If I don't forgive and allow God to take the sting out of the thing so I can forget it, I know what happened, but it doesn't affect me anymore, there is no freedom. And if there's no freedom... There's no fruitfulness in my life. I can't be used by God. Now, who wants to live with no freedom? He who the Son sets free is free indeed. You could quote it, but if I refuse to forgive, I'm never free. And it affects my whole life. Now, how does it affect my whole life? Well, unforgiveness usually starts with bitterness. Forgiving one another requires humbleness on my part. Most people don't forgive because we're too prideful. I'm not going to them. They hurt me. No way I'm doing that. Sorry. It's a command from God. You'll be in prison. You will be miserable in your life. So will I. I have to do what God says to do. Let me read to you Ephesians 4.31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Now, I want you to think about something. It may sound to you like, this is too simple. Oh, this is very powerful, actually. If I take this sponge, and I pour vinegar on it, soak it right up, and then I squeeze it, does orange juice come out? Hello? No. What comes out? Vinegar. If my life, this is me, is filled with an unforgiveness, if I squeeze this, what comes out? Bitterness. And it doesn't just affect me. It affects others. We say, well, Pastor Mark, how did that happen? It's called unforgiveness. See, when you begin to see that, when I begin to see that, Out comes bitterness, a critical spirit, a revengeful spirit. 
I'm going to get even. They really hurt me. I had nothing to do with it. I'm going to get even. That's a normal thing of our old flesh, all of us. That's just the way it is. With unforgiveness, guess what happens? Look at this. And Satan blinds this truth so much from us. Look at this. If we don't forgive, it will affect us spiritually, physically, and emotionally. Many people have all kinds of crazy diseases. Why? Because they've never, ever allowed forgiveness to be a rule in their life, a habit, a pattern that's ongoing. Whenever God convicts us, no, you forgot to forgive that person. You're, you have a revengeful spirit or get there. You're trying to get it. No, it won't work. Now, think about this. With unforgiveness, our prayers will not be heard. If I have sin in my heart, God doesn't hear me. Why is that? Well, because he wants us to take care of the sin, and that frees us. Then he'll answer our prayers. Second, with unforgiveness, you'll never, ever be at peace with God. That's why he gives us the Holy Spirit. He said, well, Pastor Mark, my conscience never bothers me like that. Then there's a problem with your conscience. It needs to go back to the Word of God and be cleansed. See, sometimes our conscience gets hard, and we don't care what happens. That's grieving the Holy Spirit. We need to go back. And with unforgiveness, you will not walk in one with God. It will always affect our relationship with God. So to enjoy life, we must learn to obey God and forgive others. Forgiveness allows me to offer grace and mercy to other people when they don't need it, when they don't deserve it. But that's exactly what God does to us. Now, look at the second son. Genesis 41, verse 52. The second son he named Ephraim, fruitful. And he said, it is because who? God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. God made Joseph fruitful because he had learned to forgive and forget. Now, fruitful has a, a term of a lot of different things. And, and you know, you, when you get to John 15, the fruit of the Spirit, and Galatians, Jesus said, I'm the vine, branches, all those things. And he wants fruit, and more fruit, and much fruit, and all those. It's just God's favor. I have God's favor, and I can be passing those wonderful blessings on to other people. Now, let's just talk about that. What does that look like? Fruitful. Was Joseph experiencing the favor of God right now? Yeah. I mean, he goes from prison to the second most powerful person in the world. That's the favor of God. Why? Because he forgave and forgot. Why would he name his kids that? Just because of that. Now, think of this. Fruitful. Joseph moved from that prison to the second. I was thinking about this a lot. God arranged for him to be married. And he and his wife, there was a fruitful two births, two young, healthy boys that came into his life. Fruitful, fruitful. Now, think about this. Why would Joseph, why would Joseph call him the two boys? Forget? God made me forget? I remember, but I'm not hurt by it. And God made my life so fruitful. Every time, think about this, every time he called his boys' names, what would come to his mind? He didn't say, hey, Joe, get over here. No, 
Every time, what happened? He remembers God enabled me to forget. And his other son, God, Ephraim, what did he say? God has blessed me so much, and he's going to continue to bless me. Names that really meant something to him. They didn't really totally understand it. I'm sure he explained it to them later. But it reminded him of the necessity, the necessity of continuing to forgive and forget. And he was free to be useful to God and be fruitful. Now, look at verse 53. Now, the seven years of abundance in Egypt came to an end. And the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had said. There was a famine in all the other lands, but in the whole land of Egypt, there was food. When all of Egypt began to feel the famine, the people cried to Pharaoh for food. Then Pharaoh told all the Egyptians, go to Joseph and do what he tells you. Now think about that. Is that a picture right there of God's favor on Joseph? Second, second in charge from a pit in Israel to a prison in Egypt. God is using him because he remained humble. He forgave the hurts. Oh, he remembered them. But they didn't sting him anymore. It didn't come back as a negative. Look at verse 56. And when the famine had spread over the whole country, Joseph opened the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians. For the famine was severe throughout Egypt. Now look at the next verse. And all the countries came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe in all the world. Now, who organized the famine? God did. God had a purpose. He was going to get his children to Egypt to survive. Not just the famine, but to survive. And you've heard me talk about it. To eventually, in 400 plus years, to be millions of Jews who could keep the line of Israel open so the Messiah would come. How did that all happen? With a young 17-year-old boy named Joseph, who learned in the hurts of life, many of them, to forgive and forget. He lived in freedom, and he was fruitful, not just to the nation of Egypt, but to his own family. He would actually save his own family in spite of how they treated him. Think about that. Now, would I call that fruitful? Yeah. He's going to provide food, not just for Egypt for seven years, but for his own family. That's a fruitful man. See, he's blessed, but what is he doing? Keeping it to himself? No, he's blessing others. That's what you want to be. That's what I want to be. I want to be useful for God. So what have we seen? You just heard me say it, basically. We learned today one huge thing. Everything in life begins with God. The Bible teaches us that we were made by God and for God. 
I'm sure the Egyptians kind of had their eyes open. Wow, this is different than our practice of God. Now, here's what I want you to write. You already wrote it once, but I want you to write it again. What we see in this whole story right up to this point is, again, God at work. He's in the life. The people don't know why they're having all this, but God is at work. Forgive, forget, freedom, fruitful. What if Joseph refused to forgive all those hurts and said to God, not interested you. Maybe one of these pagan gods will work for me. You allow this God, forget it. Well, you wouldn't be in this picture because God doesn't use people like that. But he didn't. He wasn't perfect, but he understood the power of forgiveness, starting with the one he was walking with, God. Now, if you remove God from that little statement of those four Ps, if you remove God, those forgiveness, the forgetting, the Fs, excuse me, the four of those, if you remove God, none of those happen. They don't happen in our life. That's so powerful. We'll not have the power to forgive. We'll refuse to forgive and forget. What is the result? There's no freedom. There's no favor of God. There's no ability to bless others and to be blessed ourselves. Now, nobody, nobody, nobody wants to go there. I haven't learned a tremendous amount. I'm still learning a tremendous amount. But I've learned some keys in life. Here's one of them. Over the years of ministry, I've learned this. Life is too short to live with unforgiveness. You know where I use that? Many years ago, I started using it. Every funeral I do has that statement. Because here's a casket, here's ashes, and people out there, I never know who, it's not my point, people out there wish I never got to say I'm sorry. Do you understand what I'm talking about tonight? By the way, it isn't just the funeral. It's too short. There's no joy. There's no freedom. There's no peace. There's no fruitfulness. Why? Because I refuse to obey the Bible and the commands from God. Now, realistically, I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to myself. Everybody wants to live in freedom. Everybody wants to have a fruitful life. Well, that lifestyle always begins with a vibrant relationship with God. Then it helps us to move into those processes of practicing it when it happens. I'd like to, as I said to you, it will happen to you. You'll be hurt again. I'll be hurt again by the strangest of circumstances in life. And God wants to bless us and move it away from that. I just want to say, it's time to forgive and forget, and here's how. I'm going to ask you to do something very different, but it's powerful. In a moment, I'm going to just have us pray, and we're just going to say these words together. And we're going to say these things together. And when you get to a blank, you'll understand who that is. So you can think about the prayer, or you can actually pray it if God brings somebody to you. We're going to ask God to help us to forgive a person. And you have to put the name in there, because maybe it's you. You're not going to say the person's name. That's going to be quiet to you. And then we're going to ask God, help me forget these circumstances. 
Don't, don't, just, you're not going to say the circumstance, but you remember it. It stings you. And you know what? When we pray the will of God, guess what God does? He answers our prayer. Is there an amen here as well? If we do this. Now, here we go. You may have to take this home and do it more. You may have to go to a person and share that forgiveness. But this is just a practice for all of us. So let's read it together. God, I ask that you forgive me of my attitude, my unforgiveness, and from any bitterness. Is that a good prayer? That's a really good prayer. Here we go. I now choose by an act of my will to forgive. I'll give you a few moments. Just think about that. If God brings somebody to your mind, not Satan, you'll probably want to pray that more at home. Because it's always usually about a person. That's what happened. Okay, next sentence. I release, there you go again, that person's name. Come on, read it with me. I release from the debt I felt that they owed me. See, I'm releasing them. Remember? We thought they were in jail, but I'm really releasing myself as I forgive them. Here we go. Next. Here we go. God, I ask that you help me forget the hurt. There's the circumstances. I can't tell you what they are for you, but you can tell me. A divorce, a job, a sickness, whatever happened. Family issue. I ask you help me to forget that hurt by removing the sting and help me to move where? Forward into a life of, come on, freedom and fruitfulness. Now, think about what we just said. This isn't a statement of fact. This is actually a lifestyle of obeying God. It's not about facts. When you look at these statements, what you see here is one amazing thing to me. It's not a information, it's transformation in our lives. If we follow this, it's not just words, it transforms us. Here we go. We're not done. You say, Pastor Mark, are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. Here we go. God, I know that you have what? Given me the power to forgive and forget. No excuses. God never asks us to do something without enabling us. Never. Last one. Today, I begin my life as a life of freedom and fruitfulness. Wow. See, that's transformational. Remember I told you at the beginning? How many want to be free? How many want to be fruitful? How many want to be able to bless other people? We got there. How does it happen? With a prayer that starts with God. Forgive, forget, freedom, and fruitfulness. Today, Pastor Mark taught you that everything in life begins with God. You learned that ever since the fall, God's main goal regarding mankind is to bring them back into a proper relationship with Himself. You were reminded that you only have so long to be able to forgive someone, so take advantage of the time you have. Doing so will free you up to do your work for God's kingdom. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. 
Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. This concludes the teaching, Forgive, Forget, Freedom, Fruitful. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin the message, God and Our Conscience. You'll learn what a conscience is and why it's important to keep it free of regrets. Pastor Mark will show what can happen when you have a guilty conscience using the example of Joseph's brothers as they deal with their circumstances. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.